Let's read together 1 Samuel chapter 21. In this chapter, we have David seeking provision from Ahimelech, the high priest, and then seeking protection from Achish, the Philistine king of Gath, of all people. Let's begin by reading the first nine verses. Now David came to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid when he met David, and said to him, Why are you alone and no one is with you? So David said to Ahimelech the priest, The king has ordered me on some business, and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you, or what I have commanded you. And I have directed my young men to such and such a place. Now therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread, if the young men have at least kept themselves from women. Then David answered the priest and said to him, Truly, women have been kept from us about three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in effect common, even though it was consecrated in the vessel this day. So the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread, which had been taken from before the Lord, in order to put hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, And his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chief of the herdsmen who belonged to Saul. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not here on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. So the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there it is, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it. For there is no other except that one here. And David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. Let's begin our study of this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 21, with some background notes. We saw in 1 Samuel chapter 20 that David had to make the painful decision to become a fugitive and leave his wife and home and position in the royal court because King Saul continued to threaten his life. David and the few men who had joined him first went to Nob, which was a few miles south of Gibeah. Here is where the tabernacle was located at this time. Apparently, sometime after the ark was captured by the Philistines back in chapter 4, Shiloh was overrun by the Philistines, and the tabernacle and community of priests were moved to Nob. However, the ark of the covenant was not in the tabernacle at this time because it remained in the town of Kiriath-Jerim after it was brought back from the land of the Philistines, as we saw in chapter 6. When David came to Nob, at first the high priest was afraid, not knowing what David was up to. When David asked for food, Ahimelech, the priest, gave him the leftover showbread, or bread that was set out before the Lord on the table in the tabernacle. This bread was normally for the priests, according to the law in Leviticus chapter 24. But in this case, the preservation of David's life was more important than a ceremonial regulation. So the priest gave David and his men the bread on the condition that they were ceremonially clean. Now the Lord commented on this event in Matthew chapter 12, when the Pharisees found fault with the disciples for picking and eating grain on the Sabbath. I'm reading Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. 
And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Our Lord's point was that moral obligations in life supersede civil or ceremonial regulations. A good application of this biblical principle today would be something like, it's okay to break the speed limit when you're trying to get a severely injured child to the doctor or a pregnant woman who's about to deliver to the hospital. Normally, you don't break the speed limit, but there are times when you would break the speed limit because of higher moral obligations. Now, notice that the Bible is not teaching here that it's okay to break God's moral laws on occasion. No, only the normally kept ceremonial laws or civil laws, and only when higher moral obligations demand it. Well, so much for background. Let's move now to our doctrinal points for 1 Samuel chapter 21. Doctrinal or teaching point number one. The testimony of believers is compromised when they lie to fellow believers. The testimony of believers is compromised when they lie to fellow believers. David lied to the high priest Ahimelech twice in this chapter. In verse 2, David said, The king has ordered me on some business and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you or what I have commanded you. That was a lie. And in verse 8, David said, Is there not here on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business required haste. That was a lie. Now, were these lies justified? No. Lying is never justified. Lying is not a ceremonial matter, but a moral matter. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 11 says, You shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. Notice that when the Lord commented on this event in Matthew chapter 12, he did not condone David's lying. His point was that David and his men were in desperate need of bread and were not wrong in eating the leftover consecrated bread of the tabernacle that under ceremonial law was eaten only by the priests. But David's lie was in no way condoned. As David's lie in chapter 20 almost resulted in Jonathan's death, so here in chapter 21, David's lie has sad consequences. We read in verse 7 that one of Saul's servants, Doag the Edomite, was at the tabernacle that day and saw David. We learn from the next chapter that Doag gave this information to King Saul. I'm reading 1 Samuel chapter 22, beginning at verse 9. Then answered Doag the Edomite, who was set over the servants of Saul, and said, I saw the son of Jesse going to Nob, to Ahimelech, and he inquired of the Lord for him, gave him provisions, and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. 1 Samuel 22, 9-11. As a result, Saul had the whole town of Nob wiped out. Eighty-five priests, women, and children, and animals were struck with the edge of the sword. Only one priest escaped. Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech. How tragic. All because of David's lie. And David admits to it 
as we read in verse 22 of chapter 22. So David said to Abiathar, I have caused the death of all the persons of your father's house. David had to live with this tragedy on his conscience for the rest of his days. And it certainly took away from his testimony as a man of God. The same is true today. Did you ever have a fellow believer lie to you? It can be a devastating experience. From that moment on, that fellow believer's testimony as a Christian is greatly compromised, if not worthless as far as you're concerned. Well, what about our own testimonies? Are we involved in any lies with fellow believers? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Ephesians 4.25 The testimony of believers is compromised when they lie to fellow believers. Doctrinal point number two. The testimony of believers is compromised when they turn to the world for security. The testimony of believers is compromised when they turn to the world for security. Verses 10 through 15. Then David arose and fled that day from before Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of him to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? Now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them, pretended madness in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate, and let his saliva fall down on his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Look, you see, the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen, that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Is this the same David that we read about in chapter 17 who killed Goliath, the Philistine? Now he's running to the enemy camp of all places for security? And now he's pretending to be crazy so that the Philistines will think that he's harmless? What a come down for David. Think of him scribbling on the gate and letting his saliva run down all over his beard. How sad. Suppose David were to testify at this point. Trust in the Lord during your times of trouble. The Lord is our refuge and strength. That testimony would certainly sound a little hollow and compromised, wouldn't it? In view of David's turning to the enemy for security. Now, do you see the spiritual lesson for us here? Just as David's testimony was compromised when he turned to the Philistines for security, so is our testimony compromised when we turn to the world for security, when we say that we're trusting the Lord to take care of us and protect us, and at the same time, always anxious and worrying about the future, we are like David before the Philistines. We appear to the world as totally inconsistent, even insane, trusting the Lord with words, but turning to the world for security. The testimony of believers is compromised when they turn to the world for security. What about practical application from this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 21? Let's learn from our mistakes. Let's learn from our mistakes. Now, did David learn from his mistakes that we see in this chapter? Yes. 
Did he learn from this mistake of running in fear for his life down to the Philistines for security instead of trusting in the Lord? Did he learn from that mistake? Yes. How do we know? Read Psalm 34. Psalm 34 was written soon after David's experience here in 1 Samuel chapter 21. I'm reading the title of Psalm 34. A Psalm of David, when he pretended madness before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. Abimelech here is a dynastic title or a title like Pharaoh for the Philistine kings. Now notice what David says in this psalm. Verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. And verses 7 and 8, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Read the whole psalm, and it's hard to miss the point that David learned from his mistakes. Unfortunately, when we get to chapter 27, we find that David had a relapse in faith and returned to the Philistines and temporarily forgot a lot of what he had learned. And the same can happen to us. When we learn from our mistakes, it does not condone our mistakes, and it does not guarantee that we won't make the same mistakes again. But we will learn, and hopefully we will make less mistakes in the future in our walk of faith. Let's learn from our mistakes.